Hello, welcome to Sonic Talk. Uh, I, I have a little bit of problem with my video playback system, so it'll just be talking heads today. Uh, Sonic Talk number 391, still relatively fresh from Nam, but uh, the, there was so much to discuss last week that I think we'll probably continue our discussions, and there's more to talk to besides, uh, talk about besides. But I want to welcome a guest we haven't had for a very long time. Uh, actually, before I do that, I'll say, obviously... Uh, the show is sponsored by Isotope, and uh, they'll be giving away a copy of Iris 2, and uh, there will be the winner from last week announced as well, so stay tuned if that's what you desire in your life. Uh, I know I do, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to aspire to. Anyway, thank you very much. And also, if you're tuning in to find out the winner of the theme tune competition... I need an, uh, we need a little bit more time. We've got so many entries to go to and um, one of the judges on holiday and so we just need to make sure we get everything sorted. So you'll have to wait until next week. I do apologise if that's the only reason you're watching the show, but I'm guessing if you if that's the only reason, you probably must watch it more than once anyway because you entered the theme tune competition, if you get my idea. So um, remember, if you're seeing this on YouTube, uh, we would like you to and encourage you to subscribe because as well as this show, we have an awful lot of other stuff going on in fact i'm going to have a review of the uh, mfb dominion one coming on soon and we've got some other things coming up too so without any further more without any more ado well that's actually quite a lot of ado we'll introduce our <laughs> first guest mr cory banks from Yo. b-boy tech report how are you cory doing good man Excellent. Uh, it's all right, thank you. And uh, Corey was, of course, at NAM as well, reporting on the show. In fact, I was trying to find a photo because I know there was a photo taken of us, kind of brothers in arms, um, yeah. sort of holed up in the press tank. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I couldn't find it in time. And and as my media playback system isn't working, then I'm kind of pretty much done. But you're back. You're you're back from the show. All kind of back back to normal life. It's mm -hmm. quite yep. quite a transition, isn't it? <laughs> It is a transition. I was pretty tired because, you know, since um, I live in SoCal, I, I opted to commute this year rather than to get a hotel. And it wiped me out <laughs> just yeah. having to deal with traffic every day. So I won't be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> we did that first year. Um, the first yeah. year we stayed in Santa Monica. I drove to Santa Monica every uh, every day and night. And that was perhaps not so. I mean, it was a nice place to stay, but uh, not so yeah. good for the uh, road rage and traffic sort of uh, wind oh, up. yeah. Who wants to deal with that? Like, there was one particular day when I got to NAM. I think it was Saturday, the busiest day. I was just kind of, I sat in the media room and I was just kind of like, oh, crap. I just dealt with all this traffic. I don't want to walk around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what we go through to bring you the stuff anyway, be looking forward to talking to you a bit more about your NAM impressions. And uh, speaking of another sort of, uh, well, a, a gentleman we haven't seen for a little while, Mr. Dave Spears, g4software.com, makers of fine software instruments, the Odyssey Oddity 2, in fact, if you're, uh, if you've been following our, uh, our streams, we posted something, uh, was it this year or last year? It all blurs into, into a kind of, it was... Pre, yeah. uh, it was it was it was in the in recent times shall we say <laughs> how are you dave in your synth cave oh, i'm all right i'm grumpy today yeah you got a bad back <laughs> i've toured you know like four years ago i tore like seven muscles in this in my upper trapezius i believe it's called and i appear to have torn a couple in this shoulder well it's nice to have a bit of uh so yeah, symmetry bit variation. Symmetry, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bit of symmetry. Oh, that's not. How did you do that? Too many hours sat at this bloody thing. Prodigious whittling on your synthesizers. Well, and also I'm working on something that's really detailed, and I find myself kind of leaning in like this to kind of look at the monitors. In, I need glasses, effectively. 
Right. I'm in denial on that front. So I've only got myself to blame. No exercise and too much time in front of the computer. So, yes, liable to be grumpy, but don't feel sorry for me. Uh, well, I do, because I, I, I feel for you. Same thing happened to me just before NAM, and, uh, and it was on that side. And now it's on this side, just as of today. But anyway, that's uh, that's another sort. I'm not going to start moan and grump. Gaz Williams, however, I doubt if he will either. Gaz is looking very uh, could have Godspell today, if I may say so. Godspell. Uh, well, something. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Gaz? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Uh, great to see Corey and and Dave back again, and well, and Rich, of course. <laughs> um, but yes rearing to go really i think we i mean we didn't have chat last week and there was so many huge things that we, we missed off so i think the nam overspell does make a lot of sense yeah it? well i mean just to say uh, obviously gaz gaz williams dot me uh professional bass player producer and uh regular presenter of content I hate to use that word but it's i suppose it's a, a, a stuff on sonicstate.com as well so uh, thank you very much for joining us. Yes, um, last week we ran to almost an hour and a half, which is massive by our standards. Some people were a bit grumpy about that, where some people were going longer, 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 and then we, <laughs> the inevitable amount of stick. I can't believe you didn't mention this or that. But just to say, let you know, as well as today, I'm going to do a special tomorrow with our guitars editor, Rich Beach, who covered a lot of boutique pedals and that side of thing, and also Ed, who covered a lot of the modular stuff. So if you want even more Nam Fix, there will be a special episode tomorrow about four o'clock. I'm not sure if we're going to stream it yet, but we may well do. So um, stay tuned for that. So I want to say thank you to everybody. And of course, last but by no means least, Mr. Rich Hilton over there in Connecticut, where I believe the snow may have melted a little. He's uh, the keyboard player for Chic and also uh, studio guy for Nile Rogers. Um, Hold up there in his uh, his cabin in the woods underneath, the, fighting off the bears, no, no doubt. <clears throat> How are you, Rich? Oh, you're muted. As well. I said I'm good, and the bears send their love. Ah, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Anyway, um, thank you very much for joining us. Obviously, um, this week, uh, as we said, there's going to be a little bit more NAM action. I mean, one of the things that did come up this uh, of last week was, you know, lots of people were very, very keen to hear... Uh, other people's opinions about stuff as well and so i'm going to start with you cory just to just kind of you know in terms of traffic and uh, you know all the usual ailments aside how what did you feel about nam this year i mean from your point of view um well you know from a point of view of, of you know i love drum machines and all that kind of stuff there wasn't a whole lot going on in that arena but i mean I'm, I'm a bit of a synth geek so i love synths. it was a really really synthy nam um, you know, with and and analog and modular, modular made a big show. Definitely uh, this year. I mean, they definitely they had like their own little micro nams inside of nam. <laughs> you know, so um, it was good. It was good to see sequential back. That was a surprise. Um, and that that Prophet Six sounds incredible in person. By the way, did you uh, get to play with it then a little bit? I did. I <laughs> did. As a matter of fact. I played with it. it. It sounded so nice. I kind of have been contemplating on whether or not I'll trade uh, my Prophet 8 for uh, Prophet 6. My Prophet 08, that is. So, right. Yeah, it sounds incredible. Sounds really nice. I don't think you're the only one who's thinking along those terms. I think Robbie uh, Bronneman, who was on last week, was also thinking somewhere along the same lines. Um, and uh, that's definitely something that uh, that seems to have 
got everybody excited although of course it's not ready you know it's not actual production ready i think they're talking kind of spring early summer before they're gonna we're gonna see it happening right yeah yeah that's about the time and then it's, that's good that gives me uh, a chance to get my coin together <laughs> to, <laughs> to put this guy on the market because <laughs> they won't both coexist in my studio <laughs> Well, one thing, one thing that's very interesting as well, because usually we're seeing a, a, a whole heap of kind of NPC-style controllers. Do you think that kind of phase is over now? I mean, and certainly from the, you know your readers' point of view, who are kind of tackling technology from kind of hip-hop and R&B kind of style, what was there for them, do you think? Um, I think a lot of people were interested in the pocket operators. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because people like the the smaller handheld things. I, I know there was a lot of interest in the pocket operators. Um, beyond that, I, I think there was a thought for a while there that there would be a new NPC. You know, that one that had the windows, whatever it is on the on it. It kind of looked like an NPC Wren, and and it had like the touchscreen windows that they kind of previewed at some Microsoft show a while back. Oh, the um, one with the windows embedded. Yeah, Windows embedded. So a lot of people thought that maybe that would show up. Uh, so it was a bit of a surprise to see a four-voice analog synth and, and you know, the dogs and cats that Akai presented. Um, yeah, the Tomcats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know Tomcats. Now, we didn't really talk about that last week. Um, I know that, and I've got, I've got a video. Uh, I mean, there have been, I've spoken to a number of people about this, and um, I, I think the Tomcat was perhaps, even though, you know, this kind of four-voice analog poly which you know it's a, by a very stretch you would call it that i think really to be honest uh kind of came out but the tomcat looked kind of a little bit more interesting to me how did you find it yeah i, I actually <clears throat> i wasn't super interested in the timberwolf as a matter of fact um i didn't dig it too much i still want to get my hands on it to really see what happens i thought it was a little dry um i want to get some effects on it to see what it's really like but First impressions, I, I wasn't too much feeling it. But the, the Tomcat, the, the drum machine, right? I was actually, it was cool. I, I, when I listened back to a demo that I captured, it, it wasn't bad. I actually thought that it would be pretty cool. I mean, when you think about the alternatives for analog drum machines out there, I don't know what it's going for, but, you know, for a reasonable price, it's a good option for somebody who wants an analog drum machine. A couple hundred bucks, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, when you think about, you know, I got the rhythm over here. Some people have the Tempest. I mean, those are two thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar drum machines. That's not an option well, for for the masses. No, I <laughs> you guess know what not. I mean? No. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, pretty good stuff. I was thinking we'd come back to the pocket operators in a little while because obviously we haven't really heard sort of Dave's uh, thoughts. Did I just see you there with a breath controller in your mouth? Oh, you you seem to be muted. Oh, sorry. You, you must have pressed. Yeah, that's why. Ah, have why? you got the CSO one? That's great. I particularly like the fact that we're picking up the actual wheezing sound of the breath controller at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) No note at all. Awesome. It's like an an asthmatic. I'm swapping between my fake electronic Siggy and my breath controller. Anyway. So, I mean, Nam from afar, I guess. I mean, you you have that in common with our other panellists in the fact that uh, you weren't there. But obviously there's, you know, the Odyssey was, you know, let's, let's not actually around the bush the odyssey the reissue the odyssey was was a big thing on the horizon but as it happens as rich said last week 
it didn't really seem to generate as much of a buzz as it did when it first came out. And, uh, you know, I don't know what for what reason that is. And there doesn't seem to, I think maybe in the sort of demos, they didn't really have somebody there who knew it inside out and could go, look what it can still do and what how it does it in the same way. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yes. That, I, I, yeah, something happened there and it wasn't good. And I'm a huge fan of Corey Henry's playing. So, I, I, okay. I have to put it into context. I didn't stay up late because obviously it was super late here when Korg were doing the demo of the Kronos and introducing the Odyssey. Yeah. And I didn't stay up because I was knackered and blah, blah, blah. And when I checked my email the following morning, there was literally like, honestly, I'm, I'm not exaggerating if there was like 50 emails just going, WTF, check this link out. What happened? Is that what happened? And then I looked on my Facebook and it was just like thread upon thread of people going, and we waited for that. So I was kind of like, no, 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 because cool, you know, like just don't get things wrong. So I went and looked at the link, and of course it was like three hours long. Or yeah, the corporate presentation where the Odyssey was a part of it, right? Yeah, and I think that, yeah. So I kind of watched the beginning, and there's the guy reading off of his phone, and it was the bit where he said, there's loads of people I need to thank. Obviously, Mr. Korg needs to be thanked, but the two people above and beyond everybody else who needs to be thanked are Korg Marketing Japan and Korg Marketing US. And that's kind of when the flashing lights went on for me. I was like, whoa, hold on, we're in marketing speak now. And then I waited, and obviously because I could skip through the video, I kept skipping through, and I managed to skip the narcolepsy bit where Jordan Rudess was whittling away. And then I got to the David Friend thing, which was interesting. But there is a certain amount of, I thought there was a certain amount of rewriting history. And it was like, look at my wife, with Jimmy Page and all this kind of stuff. And everybody knows that I've spoken to Alan and interviewed Alan recently. And I think he's a wonderful individual. So, and then we get to the bit where Corey Henry comes on. And I'm thinking, well, we've got Herbie endorsing this you know, or he's spoken about it in the intro. Corey Henry's playing is amazing. I'm get, I'm settling back for a full-on funk jam. And then nothing happens. He just, like, plays the Kronos and he plays this single sound. And I honestly think, and I, I think what was kind of a bit upsetting in a way is that he bore the brunt of the internet vitriol. Yeah. But I don't think it was his fault because, actually, I think that phrase at the beginning, I'd like to thank marketing Japan and marketing US, was was the real giveaway in that I think maybe somebody had given it to him and kind of hadn't told him how special this instrument is for certain people. And he had no, there were none of those trademark sounds being showed up. It was just like that one sound with loads of delay on it. And, I, and then, obviously, it was really short and it finished and... But then I could correlate that with the various real-time things that had happened on my Facebook wall where people were going, is that it? Dude, I waited. I stayed up until gone midnight for that. <laughs> and, of course, then it was just like – and then I'm just getting emails going, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm my, my thought was I felt so sorry for that keyboard player because, you know, he's a stunning player. And somebody somewhere – in fact, I think it was failed muso who said you know whoever put it on um whoever put that event on kind of needed to be visiting the job center the following day because <laughs> it was just like i don't know it was a stroke fest really wasn't it 
I don't know whether you were there. I caught I caught it at the last minute, and I came in sort of almost the last note, and then there was some Q and A and stuff. I think perhaps the what was perhaps being celebrated more than the instrument itself was the achievement of being able to manage to get this to happen, which may have been massively difficult and all of those things, but kind of largely irrelevant to the majority of the end users, I think, perhaps. And that's maybe where it was just a mismatch. There were so many people so excited about this. And then, you know, honestly, in my emails, it's just people going, you know, I would have forget the slim keys thing. I'm using a mini key CSO one. It still sounds great. still works for me. So the slim keys thing is by the by for me. But people were just going, I had my money ready. And now somebody else was getting it as a result. I mean, most people were going, I'm going for the profit. Which actually raises a question, if we could move on from the Odyssey. Sure. Although I will say one final thing, which is quite funny for me and you, having done our little demo thing. There were loads of people who were going, me and you should have been up on the stage. We'd have torn it apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd I'd have been uh, I'd have been incredibly nervous. Like I, I I was sort of like when I spoke to Rich Formidoni, who was obviously in autopilot mode, and uh, you know had been doing so many of these things that he had a, a thing. And uh, I've only got a couple of minutes. He's not going in deep, and I I was I I failed miserably to uh, give him a bit more questions to go on. So I I don't I don't know if I could. I could have done any better. I would have been absolutely terrified. I'd have probably well, been drunk been just to be able to pull it off. Yeah, but I know what you mean. I think the thing is, is I think we talked about it last week, didn't we, about the Odyssey is different things to either side of the Atlantic. You know, in the UK, it's very much electro-pop and that side of things. And whereas on the, on the other side, it's more to do with the kind of jazz funk, you know, solo I, I mean i still i always push that uh george duke uh city of tiny lights frank zappa solo which is in my opinion still one of the finest solos yeah. synth solos anywhere you know if you like that sort of thing but just purely because of the the sonic journey he goes through on it it's absolutely amazing and that that would have been good but obviously george's not around it's been so, amazing it's yeah. been amazing and something for herbie i mean chameleon you know it's a kind of trademark instrument on that anyway so yeah <clears> somebody <throat> dropped the ball on that and then i kind of went looking for other videos odyssey videos to see and then the, even the cool guys like when they were demoing it to might have even been Corey or somebody i don't know they were just kind of going oh here's an oscillator and here's another oscillator and then it's got these three filter modes and there was nothing exciting about it and to me at a time I was thinking, God, it sounds like the MS-2000, which, you know, I'm assuming that's just me being an idiot. But I really hope they haven't dropped a ball on this. I really, 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 really hope. Anyway. I think once, so it, gets, I, once it gets in the hands of some uh, creative synthesis, it will probably start to come up. I want to check it out. I'm desperate. In fact, it kind of made me more desperate to check it out than before. Mm. Uh, so I mean, my question is this. Right. Moving on from that, uh, Corey was saying about the, the sequential... Is it sequential or is it sequential circuits? What is the difference and why is it one and not the other? Mm. Do we know this? It's a good question. I think it, I <clears> think <throat> it's sequential, isn't it? Yeah, it's sequential. Yeah. I don't I don't know why it's sequential over sequential circuits, uh, but it is sequential. It's smack dab on the back of it, and that's that's the way um, they keep referring to it when we were at the booth. But it is a sequential uh, piece, not sequential circuits. Maybe it's so that you can just get them one word across the front of a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, on a sticker or something like that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe somebody else got that. Sequential oh, circuits. circuits in 84. Is that right? One of, the, uh, one of our good friends in the chat room says he dropped circuits in 84. But um, 
Ah, okay. I saw one person posting something saying sequential circuits was the good stuff and sequential was the kind of cheap stuff made in Italy. So why did he just call it sequential? And I was, I, I'd never read that before, so I was kind of confused. So answers on a postcard, please. Well, <clears throat> one thing I know, sequential, the name that he has right now was given back to him by Yamaha. So yeah. it was probably just a matter of ownership and probably not necessarily about um, what he, you know, chose. This is what he was given and, you know, <clears throat> this is what he has to work with. Yeah. Okay. Maybe sense. so. Thank you. Rich, I seem to have had it. There seemed, you went a bit fuzzy there. I don't know if you're um, back. Yeah, I should be all right now. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I think uh, I've obviously no, got a bit of a grem- gremlin in the system. Um, no. But yeah, uh, but perhaps um, this would be a good time also to come back to the pocket operator things. Uh, I did have a video set up, but unfortunately that's all a bit uh, haywire. But I think, you know, there's been, it's been everywhere. But Gaz, I know that you, we, we didn't speak about this last week because I mean, you actually, uh, you were very enamored by that whole notion of the, 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 the pocket operators, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it it was quite interesting to me how it, it came out very much in the same way as the Volkers came out in the same format, essentially a, a drum machine, a bass machine, and then like a kind of keys sort of thing. And the fact that they all sync up and can also sync to the Volkers as well, I just thought was a was a really cool thing. And, and for them to be incredibly affordable. Um, but uh, as I found out... <laughs> I once I saw that they were available to buy. I mean, the first place they were available was in um, in a, a Paris shop called Colette, and then uh, and and those sold out like instantly. As fa- as soon as I found out about them, they were sold out. And then it it came on the website that they were for sale uh, and in stock now. So I put an order in immediately for them. Um, I just thought, wow, those things look great. But I think that they probably. I think they will have a certain shelf life because obviously you can't put your own sounds into them and there's certain restrictions with them. So I guess we're going to hear them on loads of things and then they'll probably uh, uh, run their course a little bit, I think. Uh, But then I, well, I put my order in and then I had an email back um, a week later or something saying that the waiting list is going to be something like two to three months on them. Wow. Wow. So then I looked at the forum. The uh, There's an unofficial forum. This is unofficial, by the way. And people were comparing their order numbers on the forum, saying, oh, uh, you know, uh, I, my order was about 183,000 or something. And that was, that was a, I think that was a continuation of their ordering from their whole company. Yeah, system, right. System. But then people were going, well, I've got what order is 220 thousand so it looked like that they did about forty thousand sales within a day now wow that's you know and this is we have to say that this is just conjecture at the moment but we'll we'll run with it because it's a great story (laughs) so what it looked like and well and in fact in the email that i got they said that they were completely overwhelmed by orders and that that these orders came in so fast by the time that they'd updated their uh, website to say that that they'll be on back order all these orders had already come in so it was uh <laughs> i was like wow I, I i can't think of anything in the music technology world that sold to quite such numbers so quickly i mean this is uh 
this is quite unprecedented, I think. Uh, but something I should mention um, that there are cases that, uh, you know, virtually every time we've seen them on videos and stuff, it, it's been with them in the bare bones, um, which, you know, looks almost like a circuit board, doesn't it? And people are quite, you know, would be mm, a little bit suspicious about how durable that will be. Uh, but the cases look really, really good. Uh, but the cases are almost, they're only, I don't know, they're almost the same price as the actual thing All right. themselves. So if wow. you were to buy them with the cases, you you know, they're starting to get around the £100 mark per unit then with the cases but the uh it worked out that each unit was 46 pound just in their in their rough uh you know just in their basic sort of um version uh so yeah i think 59 euros so whatever the exchange rate is and i can't you know i mean the volkers is probably or maybe the monotrons is the closest thing but i mean certainly uh you know that yeah it, I think it was amazing, but there was a deal breaker and I actually cancelled my order once I heard this deal breaker and the deal breaker is they are stuck in C major. So oh, really? What? Yes. So you can't transpose. There's no transpose function on them. Uh, so, and I just thought, ah, oh, that I thought was a real shame. Well, I'd it, like to, I'd like to have that verified because I mean, if that's the case, no, it's, that would, it's, it's right. It's, this is, yeah, this is what's happened. So what now? One of the things that you've got on them is you've got an you've got an effect. You hold the effect button down, and you can and and then you can record this effect. And it's so cool. They're brilliant systems. One of the effects is a semitone. <laughs> is a semitone effect. So, you know, and what they're saying is, if you want to get those notes the other notes that aren't in C major, you have to do it with holding this effect button down. That means that you can't have any other effect going for right. any note that you want that's outside of C major. Oh, well, that's um, interesting. I mean, yeah, well, and this uh, is, this is, if you look, this is, this is like, they have issued an uh, official sort of, um, I don't know, official, they have uh, responded about this issue. For me, I thought that was ah. Oh, do you know? Oh, that's a shame. But I mean, I suppose the thing is, is you know, the drum machine isn't going to be an issue with that. I mean, forty thousand. Actually, Nick, for, funnily enough, the drum machine does have a little. You can do a like a pitch thing on the drum machine, and you can do that. The drum machine you can actually do in any key. Ah, oh, how interesting! <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of something selling. I mean, forty thousand units on any by any. You know, even if it's half that. That's still an astonishing amount. Of, I mean, fortunately for us, uh, I've managed to uh, have a direct route to Teenage uh, Engineering, and there are a full set winging their way to uh, your house, Gaz, for uh, for review. <laughs> so you'll be able to verify. <laughs> I know, because I, I, I cancelled the order, and then I had the email from you the same day <laughs> well I, I i did angle for does that mean gaz can get his order much sooner and it's like no you can only have them for you know a short period of time they a are week. just they're giving me a week i've got to give them back in a week <laughs> i've i've negotiated a little bit of leeway there but uh it's oh, an interesting it's an interesting idea isn't it i mean that the, the, I'm, I'm looking for the first hybrid volker uh and pocket operator band because we got 
polka going on there somewhere, haven't we? There's got to be some kind of Volker polka has got to be uh, <laughs> got, got to be kind of uh, um, dealt with there. So I think that's going to be interesting. But I, I mean, they've 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 really killed. I mean, who'd who'd have guessed that they could have had that much impact? I mean, that it's got and that and that is if you look on YouTube, you know, I get the reports from what's happened. You know, we've done well over half a million views of uh, of just just Nam videos, and the top one is the teenage engineering one mm. one thing i'll just say very quickly about them though uh they have got cirrus logic da's in them and some of the some of the demos that people have been putting them up on like on soundcloud they have got a really good sound right, much right. better than most people think because those you know in a way the digital to with a dig digital device like that the the da is a very 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 important element of it and that's i mean the serious logic da is a you know it's like an industry standard isn't it it's a great da to have on it wow that's awesome right i'm going to try before we move on um because i because we talked for so long last week and i sort of basically forgot to to do our ad for our, our gracious sponsors uh, i'm going to run it now although it will be without video this week so i i'll, I'll see what i could do about some sort of refund obviously because it's not quite working out for, perfectly for them but if i press the button then we'll get the music and i can watch the video and uh you can actually enjoy uh that's assuming it actually does play Oh, there we go. So we'll play the video and it'll be a black screen. But this this is Iris 2. Iris 2, of course, uh, by Isotope. Big sponsors of the show. It comes with an 11 gigabyte sample library. You can get started quickly with hundreds of exciting patches by world-class sound designers, including, uh, I think, Mr. Dave Spears might be involved in there somewhere, at least at the waveform level. Um, but it's got a whole bunch of new synthesis techniques. Obviously, the spectral synthesis, we've now got four sample slots that you can run. You don't have to have uh, the limitations of Iris 1. You've also got the ability to uh, run multi-mode filters, uh, selection tools for selecting various harmonics within the uh, the waveform. You've also got a multi-mode master filter, as I said, flexible new modulation with 100 modulatable parameters. You can sculpt your signature sound using five LFOs, five envelopes, MIDI expression controllers, and macro controls. A hell of a lot of control. And some of the, I mean, the sounds on this do sound really, really good in the flesh. They've done a lot of work. So if you want to check out Iris 2, go to isotope.com forward slash iris and you get a 10 day free download but we've also got a winner of the competition last week we asked you to tweet uh now what did i ask you to tweet i asked you to tw tweet the hashtag the world is your instrument and we have a winner from last week who's a chap called duncan gofton uh he's his twitter handle is guitaru man which is ones and zeros so i'm not going to attempt to spell it but duncan if you get in touch the isotope ferry of which we saw a picture of last week because i found her and gave her some wings uh, and she was very uh, appreciative of that who's now on holiday uh will uh, be able to give you your prize and we've got another competition this week and the competition is where you basically what you have to do is you need to be on twitter and that's the only way we can really bring it all together and easily uh, register it what you need to do is tweet the hashtag rhythmic patches that's one word try and spell that right uh, r-h-y-t-h-m-i-c patches all one word to at sonic state no longer sonic nick at sonic state and at isotope inc uh, we will then collect all of the entries and we pick a winner using random number generator and it's all done that way so if you want to win iris 2 which is a great sound design tool tweet the hashtag rhythmic patches all one word to at sonic state and at isotope inc and once again we do thank uh, isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show and uh 
and their support just generally. So thanks very much, everybody there. Right. Um, okay. And while we're at it, if you did tune in to watch uh, to find out who won the theme tune competition, uh, we need a bit more time. It's just there are over 160 entries, all of them exceptionally high quality, and it's proving to be quite a task to go through them all. So please do bear with us. We hope to bring you that next week, and you will be able to win. The winner of that wins the entire creative bundle, which is a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, well worth staying tuned for. So um, what else? Oh, the, the other thing that we really should talk about is the Moog Modular reissue. I mean, th- we didn't even mention this, and this was actually the first video we shot at the show. Uh, we were put together with Gordon Reed, who is a synthesizer writer and reviewer. He does a lot of stuff in Sound or Sound, thought by many to be you know one of the sort of leading writers on the subject. Uh, and uh, we did a piece with him where he took us through the System 55, uh, the System 35, and this, well, mostly the System 55, to be honest. He, it was brilliant. When I got to the show on the on the, uh, the the Wednesday before, they wheeled in. He was staying at one of the local hotels, and they he had the entire System 55 system and keyboards in his hotel room overnight, creating a patch that he wanted to bring so that he could do the video with us. Because it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was. They very kindly gave us a kind of exclusive look, and uh, so they wheeled this whole thing, and it was, it had his his uh, a, a hotel duvet cover over it that he had to take back it was all kind of quite but it was this massive great thing on a huge flight case and um it's this actually i mean we i guess we thought this was coming but the the details are uh more than we thought so that uh, and it's just a very interesting concept what we're finding now is you know that they basically also announced they've sold out of the 55s i don't know whether they've sold out of other stuff i know dave you've got kind of what is an homage to the 55 there on your right which is a synthesis technology um system is that right synthesizer synth.com yeah um what do you think about this i mean this because i mean i think that they did the uh, emerson one which obviously we were expecting uh there might be more to come and now they've built these kind of pre-fixed you can't you can't mix and match you you get the 55 the 35 or the 15 any of that float your boat because i mean that you know to buy one of those new or you know second hand would be considerably more 55 would probably still set you back what Forty thousand quid, sixty thousand dollars, maybe. Yeah, I saw a fifty-five. Not sure whether it had the nine sixty sequences on it, but I saw one recently go for that was thirty thousand pounds. Right, but it's quite funny. Somebody you and I know was also bidding on. Was I don't think it was the same one. I think it was the previous one in Vimeo, and uh, he was even talking about cashing his pension in because these things might be a better investment. But I think it got to the point where he was trying to persuade his wife that that was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Darling, let's remortgage the house so that I could... Yeah, that's kind of... But it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people who are buying them, you know, some people we we have speculated have bought two, one to use and one to just keep in bubble wrap to sell as an investment later on because obviously importing these... uh, uh, musical instruments they have different you know it's almost it's become an investment um vehicle which is kind of curious isn't it when you think about the sort of spirit of the whole thing yeah i'm not sure how i what i think about that uh it's nice when things appreciate value but i don't know about buying art or instruments instruments need this kind of layer of dirt and sweat on them i think mm. you know kind of carved out over the years that kind of makes them feel and in some cases, certainly guitars sound special and magic. So I'm not sure about all of that. Uh, I thought it was a really good piece, actually. I thought Gordon. It's interesting because I've never, really I've, well. I, well. I've never met Gordon Reed, and I had a completely different mental image of what he was going to be like 
from just his reputation. And he wasn't anything like that. He was a kind of, you know, a man of similar build to me <laughs> with similar hair and uh, a very kind of kind nature. I thought he was going to be quite sort of uh, uh, pinched and, 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 you know, specific. And he, he wasn't. He was, he was a top no, bloke. He's a very amiable, yeah, a very amiable guy. Spent some time with him in the past. And uh, it was almost the kind of, I wouldn't say the perfect person, but in some ways the perfect person to kind of have doing that particular demo because Gordon, when I say Gordon gets anal about stuff, we know that I'm actually paying a compliment here. He really does go deep. For example, he helped us with VSM. So I'd approached him and kind of said, these are the string machines that we think were really pivotal and really important. And then he kind of came back going, ah, yeah, but these ones and kind of filled in all of these gaps. And I was like, okay. And anyway, we ended up going to his and recording some of the ones that he had, which turned out to be quite a lot. But it was things like he hadn't touched some of the, let's say, the what's the Yamaha, the SS30, the, which is a quite a complicated string machine. And he would bring it up and we'd kind of go, because obviously we hadn't touched one. Well, I, I think I'd touched one like in the, in the 80s or something like that. And we were like, okay, so what are the kind of real trademark sounds of this? And within the nanosecond, he'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, you do this and you do this. And he set it up and play something that was immediately recognizable. And that's what I thought was really fascinating about the Moog thing. The way he'd done that um, release note, you know, the release effect. Oh, yeah, that's right. Modulation yeah. going on the release note. And I thought, oh, that's really good because actually what you what you expect to see. And there was some really funny footage of people like Malcolm Cecil noodling around. He had, a, he had a breath controller. I saw and him. A breath controller, yeah, which was pretty. I mean, Malcolm's like, Oh God, they should have carried him around the throne at Nam, as far as I'm concerned. But he was wearing a white boiler footage. suit. Well, yeah, but he deserves to. He can oh, no, I'm just, just no, no, no criticism, just an observation. Just quite... no, Somebody said he looked like somebody out of Rainbow, which only the Brits will understand, but I'm like, I don't care. He could like, wear a wedding dress around the show, and I'd still be like, you're amazing. Yeah. But some of that noodling was a bit kind of out there, which is why I thought the Gordon and your piece was... What I was trying to do... I shouldn't really say this publicly, but I will. What I was trying to do was to see when, because I know you reasonably well, and I know Gordon reasonably well, and I was trying to see when one of you was sort of getting to the point where you were switching off when the other person was talking. <laughs> but that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I, I was really worried that I was going to be out-synthed massively because I don't have, I bow to his huge uh, superior knowledge. Uh, one thing that was really interesting about this, and I know everybody focuses on the 55, but from what I what I've got, um, I know both Adrian Utley and uh, Will Gregory have got fifteens, and they are supposed they're the, the the little ones, the toilets. So they're about ten thousand bucks, and they're the ones that are supposed to have a certain something about them. And a lot of those were sold sold as well. I know, Rich, did you ever get um, a chance to play with one of those at the time? Because I know you worked in synthesizer dealership. Absolutely, Absolutely. Uh, there was a Moog fifteen um, at the school where I went. Ah, and what what is that? That's supposed to have something a bit magical about it, isn't it? It was magical to me <laughs> in 1975. <laughs> magical as hell. It sounded great. I mean, I never had it up against anything else. Modular number three that was over at Cornell. That, uh, but it, but uh, it sounded amazing. 
But I mean, I think, and I think the thing that they're doing with that is they're going to be making. I think there's fifty-five, fifty-fives, thirty-five, thirty-fives, and one hundred and fifty fifteens. This is what I recall as being. I don't know if that's the right number. So I, I think the fifteens are going to be the thing that that are going to be around and about and seeing a lot more of them because 150 of something an instrument that size is, is still quite a lot to sell i know cory you're not tempted to kind of maybe sort of think about uh cashing in a couple of uh, or, th- or four four of your uh, profit sixes for a uh, system a, a single voice <laughs> case <Yeah>. no <Nah. laughs> <laughs> i'd love to have it but i mean it, um, um, you know, I didn't even really hear a demo of it while I was there. I don't, I don't know why. I was just kind of running around the place. Sometimes you look up things are over. You like, ah, I didn't see this thing, that thing, or that thing. Um, but yeah, I would love to have one. But ten thousand dollars is is a is a quite a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's going to be a hundred and fifty of them around. I'm sure we'll see a lot of them. Maybe someone near me will have one. I can kind of go squat at their place to mess around with it or something. Yeah, well, that would be the answer. I mean, uh, uh, they. Uh, but one thing, I and this is the one thing that I kind of wondered about, you know, the whole notion of making everything kind of authentic. But I asked this to, of Gordon at the time was, why the hell did they stick with those stupid two-pin din things that everybody has to have these sort of really horrible oh, leads? Jones. What? Yeah, the Since Jones stuff. I just, that, that was the one thing I thought that perhaps could have been... Uh, could have been uh, slightly changed but i suppose if you're going to be purist about it you have to be purist about it right i think that was probably the, the key right there they really went the purest route with, with this stuff and you know i mean with all of you know the aftermarket is crazy and so many clones of different things and i think they're just like well you know what we're just going to capitalize on this we're going to go authentic purist and you know you can have a new issue of the authentic stuff that came out in the 70s absolutely so, yeah. yeah so rich um we're gonna you're gonna be uh, expecting delivery of uh, any or all of those systems at shes shes rogers so uh, uh le crib studio anytime soon you oh, think sure, all three of them absolutely looks good um <laughs> i have our job because we got all 55 55 <laughs> well that's funny that's funny you should say that i know a guy here who i was speaking to shortly after the show and he said uh yeah i've ordered one of those and it's like, I just, I just sort of went, wow. I mean, you've, I just can't. Yeah, anybody who says they can afford one is, you know, is 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 astonishing, you know. But, I mean, it is an impressive looking thing, and the fact that they're remaking the keyboard as well, so you can get the whole stuff. Sorry, Gaz. Well, it's just amazing, isn't it? We can go talking about the pocket operators, the cheapest things, to the, like the most expensive things, and just the fact that you know that synthesizer world now can cater to just you know the whole the whole market really you know from the cheapest to the most expensive and uh i think that's i think that's interesting especially in that well i think you were saying before the show began nick that 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 there was 50 percent more space given over to synths this year and you know so uh just say nick that i that yeah you were, i know absolutely yeah. i heard you it's, it, and it, it, it's very true i mean and as as i think rich was saying last last week you know it's just an astonishing surge of stuff i mean there's so much of it coming along uh, and you know so many things and that's kind of thing that's starting to, i guess cory from that point of view do you think we're going to see a lot more of this stuff moving into the the, uh, the kind of r&b side i mean although i guess the thing about that, that there is an aspect to the kind of computerized and digital aspect to the to what you know hip-hop and r&b does apart you know i guess sampling analog is more of a big thing whereas yeah. so i don't know do you th- 
Well, you know what I, I've, I'm seeing? I'm seeing a lot of hip-hop guys and R&B guys that are, um, you know, probably R&B guys are more synthy than, than hip-hop guys. But I'm seeing all of uh, those guys kind of get more into synth stuff. Then, too, you have this whole um, EDM movement that's been going on for a while now. That has a whole lot to do with how synthy NAM is and, and you know, um, other people's interests or other genres' interests are peaking in that area because of it, you know? Um, so yeah, I see a lot of people that are looking at, you know, here, here's the thing. A, a lot of R&B and hip hop dudes or beat makers and stuff are all software and maybe always have been on software because you got a computer, you could easily get something that you can start to, to build. Right. On. But now what's happening is there's so many sense available and, and the knowledge of sense, uh, or at least people, are. Uh, starting to learn about all the great scents that were available in the 70s and, and, you know, that era and everything. And then, so that's the aftermarket thing. But at this point, so many tabletop things, so many handheld things, so many smaller things under $1,000, under $500 that maybe are reminiscent of older things. People are now starting to see, I'm going to get my first hardware scent. Right. And so that's what's, what's been happening. So I'm seeing a lot of people doing that kind of stuff. And, and then I think the interest uh, from urbanized music is kind of uh, tilting our eye towards modular stuff the yeah. pro rack stuff at this point too so it's a gateway drug <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> definitely without a doubt and um a lot of sequencers as well seems to be the uh, a big flavor i, I know that I, I did have some video lines up but there were a lot seemed to be a lot you know obviously we've got the beat step uh, pro which we talked about last week uh we've got uh just uh, the Coma Electronic, you know, there, there just seem to be more in the way of hardware. And I, I'm, I'm curious as to where this is coming from, because personally, I find using hardware sequences a real pain. You know, that's why I use computers, because I can visually see what I'm doing and it's much easier for me. I don't, I, and I just wonder why that is. I mean, has anyone got any kind of thoughts as to why we might be seeing sequences? Is it just because the technology is available to the manufacturers or because there's a demand? And if there is, where the hell is it coming from? <laughs> It's a demand. Oh, that's a good question. It's their ideas tools. They're fantastic ideas tools. Sorry, Rich. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, because I mean, you you've kind of recently entered the analog sequencing world. Is what were you saying there? They're just brilliant ideas tools. That you know, they're like kind of scratch pads, sketch pads that you kind of go. You move sliders. That little ARP sequencer that we've got is so primitive. And even the nine sixties are primitive, but. You just move sliders and connect shit up, and all of a sudden, you'll have something. And it's interesting. I, I think. think that's the appeal. I think that's the appeal. The fact that you know it's a different way to create. Like I said, so many people are on DAWs, um, and me myself coming from an MPC sort of sequencer world. So many people that that I tend to interact with dealing with MPCs or. Uh, say reasons or uh, say uh, a machine or something all these different sequences just give you a different way that you could come up with things on these different sequences that you never would come up with otherwise and I think that's sort of the appeal the technology is there where you can like you said like you said it's a sort of a sketch sketch pad you start twiddling around with things and you come up with something in my case I'll do that with say the beat stuff or something I'll come up with some weird sequence and then I'll sample it or I'll load up the DAW and just record a few minutes of it and kind of just mess around with it and go back and, you know, use it as sample of food later. That's, a, that's interesting about the sampling side of things. Is there, and I don't know if this is possible, but is it is it feasible to sample the control voltages 
and then re-manipulate those as audio files. So you're sending out the actual, you sample the control voltage into uh, an audio file of some kind, because obviously we've got interfaces that are DC coupled and will output. Is that, am I, am I way off the mark? You're looking puzzled there, Rich. Maybe you can, maybe you can put me right. Is there, I mean, is there maybe a creative a thing that hasn't been explored there or am I a million miles off? Maybe there is, but it strikes me as an odd request for a digital converter to have it converting things outside the audio range. Hmm. Guess we need a you'd need a high, a really high quality digital A to D interface to be able to sample control voltages. I suppose. I just think the way digital works, things are filtered so much to be within the audio range that um, I wonder if it would work with a standard interface. I don't know. Hmm. Gaz, I feel an experiment coming on. <laughs> well, I think this is I think this is a very interesting area though, this whole sequence of business, because I, I, I feel it chimes in with my own kind of where I'm at at the moment, which um you know, I've been looking at old sequences, uh, well not that old, things like the Yamaha QY seven hundred, you know, which is quite a big old piece of kit really. Um and and then realizing, ah, okay. I could do this with it, but maybe not that. And and then, you know, so when I saw things like the BeatStep Pro, I was going, okay, that, this is pretty cool. I'm looking at ways of, like, binding all my hardware together and uh, to avoid the computer. I've realized more and more that um, computers distract the hell out of me. iPads distract the hell out of me because of the, you know, I, I try and, t I mean, I mentioned this many times. I try and, you know, go into airplane mode and just, you know, just try and not be distracted by them, but just... The, the, the distractions are just so huge that, that having pieces of gear that doesn't have Facebook built in is very appealing. And uh, but I've you know, and then I was looking at the, the Korg SQ1 thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. But then sort of realizing that, you know, that you can't chain the patterns on there. And so I, it, it looks great fun. But I was thinking, well, what can you chain? And then the, the BeatStep Pro, that looked like great. OK, you could have 16 patterns of up to 64 steps and then 16 projects you know so you could get some really you could start building up complete songs in there i used to love doing making songs in hardware sequences so i guess i am i'm still trying to chase that and then we saw that announcement of the squab pyramid uh, i love that name squab <laughs> the squab pyramid <laughs> which is a new uh, hardware sequencer that's just been announced um that looks amazing in that it's uh, 16 polyphonic channels of sequencing so it looks like it's uh, uh well it's a it's a hugely powerful sequencer that's got um and it looks like it 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 could be the central hub of your hardware setup um with all sorts of interesting controls. But then that led me on to discover about an iPad app called, which I know I'm coming back to the iPad again there, but called ModStep that's been developed uh, by in part by one of the guys who was behind um, Touchable. So that's a really good heritage for I iPad. And what's really nice about ModStep is it's really using the touch idiom in an amazing way. And wow, that has actually got me thinking, ooh. So between the pyramid the, 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 the squab pyramid and the um 
<laughs> I'm assuming that's what you meant to say. <laughs> well, we'll go with that. Uh, I like and that. The, and the mod step, you know, the, those two sequences are looking extremely tasty. I've got to be honest. So, um, well, it is interesting because sequence of technology. I mean, one thing that we did see, uh, uh, which was with Amos Gaines, who was showing another um, update to the Sub 37, which had some really cool sequencer yeah. it, um, enhancements using the, the program keys to, to, to show and being able to use the, 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 the program selections. And that was really cool. I mean, he, he was obviously really thought deeply about that. So maybe it's, the, it's, it's more a question of there are paradigms for using sequences in more interesting ways that are, again, more creative. Because I always find, you know, okay, I know, Dave, you've got your sequencer there. It's generally an unquantized control voltage, so you can get something going, but it's sort of, don't you have to stop and go, hold on, is this in tune with anything else? and all of that kind of business or do, do, does the quantization not really f- cause you a problem well on that art sequencer you've got quantized and non-quantized outputs which is great because it's 12 times if it's quantized and then it's mental amount if it's not uh the 960s but then i can route it through and quantize it uh, with a with a module uh oops. oh the the CS30, that's got an insane, that's completely unquantized. A bit like that SQ, you know, the old SQ, was it? Yeah, the Korg, the SQ10, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a bit like that. That's completely crazy. But I'll, what I think is that it's all about exploiting markets, isn't it? So everybody's doing the analog synth thing and blah, 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 and then everyone's doing a Euro rack and a modular thing, and then we've got this kind of sequencer thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. People have actually been using those as instruments in their own way for a while, and they like I said, great sketch pads and stuff. So with things like the coma, it begins to sort of look like it's coming of age. The overcorn was always a brilliant one. And I hear people, I've always wanted to try that, you know, the electron thing because of what you can do with that. So I think all of these things are going to sort of merge and it's going to be a really interesting thing that doesn't actually make a noise. And that's weird in itself because when you go to distributors or companies who buy stuff and put it in shops and you go it's this but it doesn't make a noise I go ah yeah but it doesn't make a noise so I'm not sure how much you can charge for that so it's quite interesting to see the whole dynamic move in that direction yeah that's an interesting you know what I like about it too um what I like about the sequences and all of these things if you think in a sense of a dog the self-contained everything it's a studio in a box right um you have a lot of people that their whole existence in the music industry for for younger people is the dog. <clears throat> doesn't mean anything about a sequence. It doesn't mean anything about all these other instruments and pieces and parts that go in to make a dog. So I like the fact that sequences are being uh, reintroduced, if you will, and that some of these more vintage instruments are being reintroduced because then that starts to bring some of the younger people into a better understanding of what these different components are. And then I think that starts to expand their creativity from there. Um, if you, I mean, the sequences, like, I know people that probably would never say the word sequencer. Whatever, I have logic or I have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. But it is a sequencer ultimately, you know, yeah. Well, that's right. how it started. Exactly. Yeah. So when you start breaking these things out, I think people's understanding starts to expand a little bit and maybe their creativity starts to expand a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't make a noise, but this is what you're working with in your DAW. And then maybe you'll get into modular synthesis or something. That makes uh, all these different sounds. And maybe some people might argue just you can't get a sound better than, you know, this analog gear inside the box. Mm. So now you know, oh, well, if I get that, your mind starts to expand and I'm going to need this sequencer to go with that. And, you know, it's a different building process. It's a rabbit hole. Uh 
Yeah. <laughs> Dave. But also, these are the generation that where things get really exciting because they don't come at it with preconceived ideas. They, like you say, if they've been used to working in the box, then that's their standard. And then they get introduced to all this other stuff. It's when all of this stuff comes together and is used with yeah. a creative mindset where old gits like me just have to stand back and go, wow. Yeah, I, I, I think the only thing that I would say is the limitation of, you know, 16, 12, eight-step sequences is we're, we're shortening the capability of the musical phrase. And how is that going to impact on, you know, the, the length of uh, a melody? You know, I, 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 it just feels like there, 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 there might be a, um, some uh, unexpected limitations musically in there by it becoming more used technology. Rich is looking at me Rich, like I'm from a the introduction of the drum machine. People have been using one bar loops and two bar loops. Well, yes, and then when the DAW came along, things started to develop. MIDI allowed us to create longer patterns, and you know we might be working well, in fours. Back then, I used to copy them and make small sure. modifications so that it just wasn't the same shit repeating all day. But people like the same shit repeating all day. Pardon me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's probably that music. That's part yeah, of what it is. is. I mean, I, I quickly learned that all those wonderful little subtle modifications I was making was running counter to my interests. In that <laughs> very, very diplomatically put there, Rich. I like that. I know, Gaz. I mean, you're you know you've you've been working in Volker World, which is has incredibly li- a, a, an incredibly limited um, length. I mean, you can slow it down and double the tempo, uh, half the tempo, and double the, the, yeah. the, the and all that sort of stuff. Well, I remember when I when you had the Electribe, uh, sorry, the uh, the Volkers in, I, you know, r- really early on for the reviews, and I, I came over to Sonic, and I remember sort of thinking, nah, not for me. One bar, you know, these one bar devices are just, uh, you know, too restrictive. And um, but I didn't realize at the time about all the active step and step jump and all that that side of things, right? And how you can make a single bar that the, you know, if you if you have like a busy pattern, you can reorder and, it on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. I see yeah. And just, there's so many, so many iterations you can do, but I mean, I've been describing sort of using the Volkers as uh, spinning plates a little bit in order to keep the interest there. You know, you're constantly having to sort of tend to each one and trying to sort of juggle them around just to sort of keep the patterns changing. And, um, and then that in itself becomes a really great, uh, uh, performance, uh, tool um you know I, and i think that that and that that's great fun but it, the the chaining thing the chaining being able to chain chain a bunch of sequences together i think it, it has kind of struck me as being really important now the volker sample uh does let you chain it lets you chain up to 16 ah okay 10 patterns and you can chain you can make a chain of up to 16 patterns long which is great, and it's kind of a shame that the other Volkers don't do that because you could set it off, and and you can use all that beat step, sorry, all that jumping around over your um, over your arrangement, you know. So you could like chain, you could come up. Well, let's just say, for instance, you just chained patterns one to ten, and and make it happen. So so it'll just play each of your patterns in turn. You can then go into the kind of active step, and you can jump around. And do some pretty cool stuff, and it's like, gosh, there's a humongous amount of 
things you can do with that you know yeah um, i guess i guess for, for one tune i mean you couldn't really put together a couple of hours of uh, different tunes so easily with that no. limitation but yeah i yeah, see what you're saying and there's no you know as it currently stands there's no way of backing up your patterns and you know, so it, it's funny, isn't so it? It's emphasis is very much on. Maybe they'll put a cassette interface back in there or something. I mean, this is <laughs> oh, this no, is the th- no. the thing that's quite interesting <laughs> about this is we're we're the, the hardware is becoming simpler and simpler and simpler and less complicated in many ways. You know, the smaller f- uh, uh, side of things, but that makes the 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 creative operation of them in a lot of ways more challenging. So it's kind of this sort of ever changing kind of almost like a helix of kind of conundrum creative conundrums that have to be solved. And that's that's interesting that you know because essentially we're just dealing with data. It's not like you know you need a lot of electronics because a twenty four note pattern is harder to make than an eight note pattern. You know it's it it's kind of Whereas, you know, making a voice or more voices or more or audio rate LFOs or whatever. Yes, there are technical limitations to that. But then the the, the limitations are now really GUI based more than an, an OS based than anything else, which is sort of meta almost. Yeah, I think that's what I meant. Yeah. Silence. Yeah. Obviously, a very profound point that. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'll, I'll give myself a pat on the back for that one. Uh, very good. Um, Just returning back, though, Nick, to the uh, the, 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 the squab pyra- pyramid. That looks like it's addressing these issues in an interesting way. So I think, I mean, because that's quite expensive, isn't it? I think that's about 699 euros for a, a sequencer something that doesn't have any built-in sounds mm. so but well i don't does. know what the comas like comas must cost a fair bit as well because it's a big old oh, thing isn't it looks yeah, that's great a that's Lo- a lot more looks like it should be a mixer <laughs> <laughs> no well, see that that's the thing about sequences right <clears throat> when it comes to like for me personally and i think a lot of people probably feel like this even if you think that sequencer x or sequencer y or sequencer z is incredibly fresh <laughs> and it's dope it's something you gotta have even if you think that if the price is you know eight hundred dollars or something i'm instantly thinking of what scent i can get instead yeah <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> because i'll look around this room and i'll be like i got that that has a sequence or i got that thing that has a sequence i got that thing what scent is out there that i can yeah. pull in For so that's the, the it gets a little tricky at that point well, perhaps you could get the uh, Kilpatrick Phenol, which uh, we posted a, a demo of as well. And that looked really, really nice. And that's got a sort of a sequencer based around an LFO, but that looked really nice with banana plugs yes, and what cool. have you. They have done a, They seem to have done a really good job with that. Um, uh, is there anything else that I was going to... Uh, uh, sorry, who was no, that? I was just, uh, did you talk about Omnisphere? We did week. last week, yeah. Omnisphere... Oh, okay. um, created quite a, a stir with because uh, i think it, it it what it did is it yes. uh, it 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 irked mark tinley's sense of i don't want to use presets leave me alone kind of thing and and i think he was he was he was quite uppity about it in, I, 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 but i mean reasonably so but i don't think he fully understood he, he came for a bit of stick in the he came to the, my studio the next day and i i show i give him a tour around on the sphere just to just to show him that he was being a little bit misguided um but but he did he did justify his uh complaints wasn't so much about omnisphere but was about the way that certain people had been using it just relying on the big those huge presets and that's what he thought it it, it 
it was about but really as as people who use it a lot know it's it's not yeah i'm a little ignorant when it comes to i'm i'm not i'm just not familiar with omnisphere because i haven't used it but i'll tell you people around me have been talking about omnisphere and omnisphere 2 especially lately a lot so i'm really curious i want to get my hands on it and see what it's really about um, yeah because I, I think I see it in, the, in that preset way, too, just because I haven't used it. So you, you only have the idea of what you've been shown. Or yeah, no, heard. I think that's fair so, enough. So. But yeah, no, it's... Uh, I lost some good photos, Corey, I'll tell you. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. I th- <laughs> haven't they got a... Haven't they got a... Uh, is it the Odyssey? Uh, no, the Imposca filters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, nice. Nice. I'll, I'll have to go. I'll, I'll have to go and watch last week. So I, I'm sorry, I didn't do it before. No, I that's no problem at all. But, but yeah, I we did see some of the Eric thing and... It's a bit like you know, like when you hear those albums that you just listen to, and you just go, oh, "I just want to give up music. I'm going to be a plumber or something." Omnisphere Two was sort of the equivalent of that for me. I was just kind of listening to it, going, "Oh God!" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why bother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an element of that. They're, they're very, uh, they're very. He excellent. puts up the imposter filter at one point, and it sounds. Like yeah, he not. gives you he gives you some proper props as well. It's really yeah. interesting because when they did when we did the deal with them, uh, one of the I mean obviously it's great for us, uh, hopefully good for them. Uh, it spans several instruments, but one of the key things behind me really wanting to do it is because the Imposter is effectively eight eight bit wavetable waveforms, and I really wanted to hear it with those impeccably glorious kind of spectrosonics waveforms it was just like let me hear that filter with these huge beautiful hi-fi everything hi-fi anyway and well now you can or will be able to i think it's april 30th that comes out isn't it something like that i think that's what he said so uh yeah are you are you uh counting down the days rich I wouldn't say that, but I certainly am looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's definitely one of the one of the big announcements, as we know, because they've they've been quiet for some time and just obviously working on that and visiting radioactive caves and what have you, which is the story that uh, obviously is going to really get that get things going. Um, uh, the other thing that seemed to be in event, uh, sorry, in effect at NAM was uh, there were lots of rack mount mixers with kind of separate control software via you know HTML5 interface. So now SM Pro Audio sort of first showed that kind of thing happening at uh, Mesa last year, and it was quite a big product for them, but actually, bizarrely, SM Pro Audio have now been bought by uh, Harman. So now Harman are going to be doing all those things, and I think they're sticking some lexicon effects in it. I spoke to Danny Olesh, who is the sort of mad creator guy behind a lot of those sort of wacky products that SM Pro, and very useful and utilitarian and groundbreaking products in many ways. So hopefully we'll see a bit more of their stuff coming out into mainstream, because I think, you know, he never really kind of got into Europe, and it didn't really go, but he's just got... He was. I was talking to him, and he was saying, it's great, I, got, I sold my company, but I've also still got basically a laboratory where all i do is sit there and kind of cook up mad ideas <laughs> and that i've got that for the next four years without any worrying and funding and stuff and it's just like great because what a what a brilliant gig you know that's the sort of thing that we could all kind of uh, dig you know just say yeah what about this and then you know someone else can deal with making it that just oh sounds, yes please yeah that's, my that's, that's your job maybe <laughs> yeah, idea guy that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be absolutely awesome. I mean, and he, I think part of the problem with SM Pro Audio always used to be, because I remember talking to Danny about 
that stuff. And we'd be, you know, he'd be saying, oh, and then we're going to do this. And then, and then the guy at the side would be going, no, no, we're not. We're going to finish this first, you know, because obviously you've got to kind of finish the ideas. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a really good ideas guy, actually, Danny. He's a, he's a very... Um, big player I think and probably ha- has the best yet to come from him I think now he's got a bit more freedom to do that so I think that'd be watching worth watching what uh Harman st- I don't know what brand it's going out under but it's uh it, it, it it's definitely something to watch I would say um but there was also the uh, we've got the oh, the Behringer Air Mix I saw there I also saw the uh Allen and Heath uh Q I can't remember what they were called now I Q-Pack. 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 That's... Worst name ever. Q-Pack. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody else is going to come out with Biggie. And then we're going to have a fight. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) east coast and west coast mixers i'm so so late here (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds like a great idea actually Uh, no i saw i saw a really good i'm trying to think what it was it was oh yes that's right it was a i i forget who announced it but i saw this video and it was announcing this um it was to do a lavalier mic that goes you know that is either Bluetooth or connects to us. And they called it the GoLav, which I think is probably, I mean, <laughs> that's a UK, <laughs> the GoLav. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds like a lawsuit. <laughs> well, I think that, I think the thing is, is um, perhaps it's more an a European or maybe British thing uh, because lav is uh, what, what your grandma says when she needs to go to the loo. She says, where's the lav dear? Where's the lavy dear? You know? And so go lav just implies you really need to go right now. So I think they might. <laughs> that name Which is funny, isn't it? As well, because there have been loads of occasions I've been witness to a few where you've left the Lavalier mic on somebody and they have gone to the bathroom <laughs> and you've just put it up on the PA. I'm looking for what it's called, where it is, but that's just my favourite. Uh, I, I can't see it anywhere. I did go lab, go lab, go MXL. Go. Oh yeah, here we go. It's MXL. Go lav. Uh, that's for it's what's it for? It's for. I'm afraid I haven't got the the web to show. It's a it's a lav that you plug into your uh, GoPro, which is why the Go lav. So you can understand how you'd come up with that, but just perhaps they have a you, whole line of that stuff. Um, there could be a number one. There could be a number one model and a number two model. <laughs> the number one. model one, model two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can never beat good old-fashioned toilet humour, can you? It's, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, watch out for that. Uh, yeah, it's by MXL, and it's uh, it's got a Mogami cable, and it's... Uh, oh, there's there's endless gags there. Uh, I, I can't see what the price is going to be. Uh, I think it plugs into the USB slot or something, but, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, but unwittingly so. I think it's one of those lost in translation. They should have just gone for the Japanese naming convention of a Go123 or something like that. Or Go12. Even better. Then we can still have the reference to Go Lab without actually... Yeah, anyway, I'll stop now. That's enough. Um, that's pretty much it. But I would like to say, but in other exciting news, today I received my Raspberry Pi uh, number two, model two, which is... Uh, a quad core, nine hundred megahertz, one gig of RAM, uh, little computer, and that's six times the power of the original Pi. With this won't interest that many people, but loads more uh, pinouts for controlling stuff like LEDs and stuff over there that we use. But I'm thinking thirty-five bucks, quad core, nine hundred megahertz machine, 
embedded synthesizers. Hello, can I buy this with whatever it is installed in it? All I have to do is plug a class compliant yeah. thing in and an audio device out, and I can even have the interface running on an HDMI. That excites me. I don't know, Dave, I'm going to ask you about this. I, you've got a terrible habit with that breath controller. Is it? Is it like replacing this your smoking <laughs> habit? You? <laughs> no, I've got I've got stylus RMX on here. Occasionally, I'm just like, I'll just do this. I'll mute myself. Put that on. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, way more interesting than anything we've got to say. But oh, I'm putting like little musical interludes to your. Right. <laughs> I do that too. Especially, especially with this, you can get a kind of slide trombone sound. <laughs> anyway, awesome. But what do you think, though, Dave? You're gonna gonna be making anything that will run on one of these? I mean, because I hear that um, this also will run Windows 10, which I think is about to come out, which is uh, the the sort of uh, an embedded version will run on one of these guys, and that's license free. Yeah, I only saw about this the other day, actually. I have to say. So you haven't made the business plan? It's a bit kind of hipster, geeky, hipster, weirdy, nerdy thing for me. Lots of people <laughs> I know. No. People who don't generally buy a round of drinks in the pub go on about raspberry pies. That's what that's <laughs> generally. In my experience. Is that me? I'm, like, I, I, I'm pretty no, sure. No, I'm... not at all. No, 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 no. But like some people I know, you'll notice that they'll be in the corner talking about raspberry pies and they never, ever, ever get a beer in. And you just think, ah. I don't know. Whereas Mac people have got more money than sense and buy way more rounds than they should. And they need more friends. Uh, Anyway, well, (laughs) on that last note, I'm very conscious that I don't want us to run on too long because we'll just... uh, I'll be I'll I'll be castigated in the comments for for um, for for rambling, which is what I do. Can Uh, I mention? Can I mention a thing? Just I thought it was really brilliant news was the fact that Nectar Panorama going to support well has got Reaper, deep support of Reaper which I haven't seen any other product do that yet. And that's just like amazing, I think. That is amazing. And, but interestingly, um, there were comments because we posted that piece and people were saying, what about Ableton Live? You know, surely that's got to be high priority. And apparently, um, because it's... Um, it, I, I forget the name, well, exactly what was said, but there's some issue with the fact that it requires a component from Ableton themselves to allow that to happen, which means they then take on the support aspect of it which is why it's more complicated and more difficult for a third party without being part of that ecosystem to do it but i i'd need a bit more clarification on that but just in case you were wondering why not live i think the reason why not is because it has to be a, a kind of a joint venture you know or something I, and i am absolutely speculating on the, the total reason but i he did post something that said yeah it's not as simple as you think but yeah. but anyway um, I think that's probably a good time to stop. Um, that was the end of uh, that's our second part of NAM. In fact, if you want any more NAM talk, uh, if you haven't had enough, <laughs> there will be another episode. I'm going to record it tomorrow with Ed, who was the guy who covered a lot of the modular stuff at NAM, and also Rich Beach, who's a guitars editor, uh, and he was doing a lot of the sort of boutique pedal and interesting kind of things. So there's there's going to a whole sort of area of stuff we haven't even talked about on, on either of these two NAM specials. So uh, that should 
probably fill your Nam Cup as much as it probably needs to be. But uh, that that then that will probably be it. But uh, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I might stream it live, so it'll be at four o'clock uh, tomorrow. So um, you know, if you if you tune in, it, we might be there as well. But otherwise, it'll just be as a, a special. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. I'm going to start with uh, Rich there in uh, snowy Connecticut. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm sorry. I I think I discovered the audio problem was a dodgy lead my end because I moved various stuff around. So apologies for that. But thank you very much for sticking with it. Thank you. Loved it. Enjoyed it as always. And uh, we will see you very soon, I hope, uh, if you're coming to the UK in any time soon. So, uh, also, Mr. Gaz Williams over there uh, in his base garret. Uh, we will be seeing you shortly. I think you're going to come and show us a little bit of the Volker sample. That's the plan. And uh, possibly, if the pocket operators arrive, we'll be able to do a little bit with that. So, thank you, Gaz, very much indeed for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And um, Mr. Dave Spears, the breath controller king. Hope your shoulder gets better soon. So do I. <coughs> Moan, moan, misery, misery. Uh, I tell you what, I've got some some very effective painkillers. I've been doing some amazing ones. I've got co-codamol, co-drydamol, and you can do ibuprofens at the same time. I've got this stuff, Volterol, which is good, and ice packs, and Dizapan. Genius. Yeah, that's supposed to be very good for for back pains uh, on prescription. Stop the spasming. Prescription only, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I just went to my doctor and went, oh, can I have all of these anyway yeah i've got a shopping list which ones can i have yeah yeah. well yeah. dave i really hope you, you feel better soon and thank you very much for bearing with us i'm sure it's uncomfortable for you to sit um in that position so i uh, appreciate it very much indeed okay so uh, it, as some form of compensation as you'll go to g4software.com and buy uh, a, a copy of oddity 2 even if you've already got one anyway thank you very much oh we got a 10 out of 10 the other day a 10 out of 10 yeah on I gave it to myself. No, ah. we no uh, computer, computer music. Ah, oh, um, excellent. No, Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. Please do. And well-deserved too. So thank you very much. And, of course, Cory Banks, I know um, it's hard for you to get here at this time of day, and we much appreciate that you've made the space for us. And uh, I and was pleased to see you in the flesh uh, in California. And uh, uh, next time, get a room. I think is probably the only thing I would would could yeah, give that's you. The best thing. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing you shout at people when they're doing unspeakable things in public, isn't it? Not that you do that. <laughs> no, 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 not me. <laughs> but it was good. It was good to see you, man. It's good to be here with all the guys. And incidentally, I'm going to have to check out Oddity too. I've been kind of eyeballing it a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was good to see you guys. And actually, I'll be. Uh, on your side of the pond in the next couple of weeks, maybe I'll get a chance to. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. if you're coming, if, you, if you're anywhere near us, um, we should try and meet up. That would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I'll, I'll shoot you an email, let you know where I'm at. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, Corey Banks, B-Boy Tech Report. Uh, check out his uh, findings at NAM as well, because he shot video as well as all sorts of reportage. I guess it's coming on stream. If I, don't, I doubt if you finished just yet, but there's. Uh, I know you got a lot right. of stuff, didn't you? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got more stuff coming up. Um, and then, too, I kind of want to, um, you know, when it comes to a couple things that people were looking forward to, I kind of want to do a little commentary along with the video because some things I'm not too keen on, but I'd like to kind of share my perspective oh, that's and an interesting let them thought. see what it is. So, 
Gotcha. Cool. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, check it out, bboytechreport.com. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Remember, uh, theme tune competition we hope to uh, announce next week. And remember, if you want to enter the competition to win a copy of Isotope Iris 2, thanks to our sponsors, Isotope, you tweet the hashtag rhythmic patches, rhythmic patches, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And then you will be entered for the competition. We'll pick the winner and it'll be announced next week. Thank you very much for watching. That was Sonic Talk number 391.